0: It's an honor to present this conference in this time. Um, So when we decided to launch this conference, um, it was very exciting because I realized in this time that women is going through a lot of stuff. And so we just want to take this week um, to encourage young people, young women to strengthen them in their spirit. Um, During this time of lockdown, I've encountered many ladies, uh, many women who wanted to take their lives so or they want to die or they not want to live anymore. Um, so what, one thing that the Lord gave me to speak about is about confidence. Um, in the book of Philippians 3 verse 3 it says that we should not put our confidence in flesh. So what is confidence? Confidence is where you put your belief or your faith in something or someone. And self-confidence is where you trust in your own abilities, your own qualities, and your own judgment. So today, um, I just want to speak to a woman that is going through trials, um, who's going through difficult time, um, just to reflect and, and, and understand that to have confidence is actually to have faith in God. Um, so, if you say you are a Christian woman or you or you serve God and you don't have confidence, then actually you don't have faith. So if we go back to the book of, of, of Genesis, um, the word declares, the Bible declares that God created Adam, which is the man, um, and then God saw that it was not good for men to be alone. He saw there was a problem, and then God designed Eve, the woman, so it means that Women were created to be problem solvers, to be answers, to be solutions. But we live in a time where family makes you feel like you are a problem, your husband makes you feel like you are a problem, your friends make you feel like you are a problem, or you also might feel like you are a problem. But actually, you are a solution in the workplace, you are not a problem in the church, you are not a problem in the marketplace, you are not a problem in your family, you are a solution god has created you with something unique uniquely craft for you to come up with a solution but if you stay so long with the mentality of you are a problem then you become a problem you behave problematic so we have to sift the mind and you have to know your identity in christ you see you can't say you are a confident woman or you have confidence but you don't know who you are in Christ. You need self-confidence um, or you need confidence in Christ because self-confidence comes from confidence. So if you put your faith and your trust in God, it means you put your your, your, your faith or your confidence in God, meaning that you trust His qualities, you trust His abilities, you trust His judgment. Which better person is it? to trust in God, the one who designed us, the one who knows us better, the one who knows the plan he has for us. So when I spoke with these two young ladies the other day and they said they don't want to love anymore, the one has been living with the boyfriend for, for 17 years, he's been abusing her and she said he's going to kill her, he's going to kill the kids and the other one didn't want to um, love anymore because the, she put her confidence in family which disappointed her. So that's why Paul says in Philippians 3, 13, that we should not put our confidence in the flesh. Flesh means that we we put our confidence in people, um, like our husbands and and family and friends, um, and then they disappoint us. And so that's why Paul said, we should not put our confidence in flesh, but we should put our confidence in God, meaning that is our our faith, our belief, if you put your confidence in, in, in God, it simply means that you choose faith over fear. Um, fear will always be there in your life. You will always fear, uh, fear uh, face fear. But if you have confidence in God, you can walk boldly, you can walk with courage, you can, you can release an essence and a an fragrance of confidence wherever you go. Why does that mean that your life will be smooth? Why does it mean that everything will just all of a sudden go well? No, it doesn't mean that. It only means that if you put your confidence in God, it means that God will give you the grace. He will give you the wisdom. He will give you the resources. He will give you everything you need to to do your purpose, what He has called you to do in your family. Um, If you believe that God has placed you, for example, in a marriage with this husband that you can bring forth something out of him, then God will give you the grace to bring forth the best in that husband, but you have to put your confidence in God. So today I just want to to, to speak to women who are at a low place in their lives. Maybe now they are at home, they feel they are not good enough. They can't provide for their families, they can't provide for their children or the kids. Um, maybe you have put in your confidence in someone, maybe you have put in your con- confidence in something. That's why every time you do something it fails, it collapses. God just wants to remind us that we shouldn't put our confidence in flesh, we shouldn't put our faith in flesh, we shouldn't trust um, people, then we trust God. Um, in the book of Malachi it even says that you should not even trust the husband that you are laying next to. So that. That scripture alone is giving me an indication that God is wants to make us understand that we are human. And if you put your faith in human, um, we disappoint each other sometime because you are, we are human. But if we put our confidence in Christ, then we know he knows what's best for us. He has the best judgment for us. So we should come back to the place where we put our confidence in God. And a confident woman knows where help comes from a confident woman knows that whatever tomorrow brings she will be okay because god is a source of strength and god is her hope um, i also realize in this time that we are living is we as women um, our self-confidence our confidence get knocked down because we compare ourselves with other women what they have they put a package on social media, how you should look, how you should speak, how you should dress, and now sometimes because we don't know who we are, or we are not confident in the image that God created us, or you are not confident in your identity, or you don't know your identity, that's why you got confused, and now you're trying all these avenues that other women is doing, but God actually want us just to come back to the place of worship and to be confident in Him, to put our confidence in Him, so that He can show us who we are, who our purpose is, what our identity is, and what we're supposed to do here on earth. Um, If we just only can come to a place where we are totally free, for me freedom is where you can be totally free from the point where you have to impress people, where you get up in the morning and then you, you dress yourself for God, dress yourself for yourself not dressing yourself to impress other people but to be confident in the God who created you and to be confident in the woman that God created you to be so um, I really just want to to encourage women out there to to find and search deep in their hearts and to come back to the place of confidence where they put their confidence in God again, the way they put their trust in God again, not in your husband, not in your children, not even in yourself, because self-confidence is where you believe in your abilities, your qualities and your judgment. And sometimes, or most of the time, we've seen that uh, our own abilities, our own qualities, our own judgment has let us down. But if you put your, your faith and your belief and your trust in God, your confidence, the whole definition in God, then you know God will never forsake you. He will never leave you. He will give you strength to persevere and He will give you strength to do whatever you need to do. So there's no need to feel depressed. There's no need to feel suicidal. There's no need um, to feel lost and out of place in this world because you know you are a woman with confidence. You You are crowned with glory. You are wonderfully and fearfully made. So just come back and, and if we have to repent, um, I also took time to reflect in this time where I realised that sometimes we put our confidence easily in our husbands, in our workplaces, especially in this time of, of COVID-19, in the lockdown. Um, a lot of people has lost jobs, a lot of people has lost a lot of things because they put their confidence in the employer. And all of a sudden, I don't have a job anymore because you have put your trust in your employers and, and they disappointed you in this time. So the best thing to do is to put your confidence in God. Like Paul said, don't, we don't put our confidence in flesh. So, so that scripture is very simple and very clear when God speaks to us and try to warn us that we should put our confidence in Him alone and not in anything else. It, it will spare you a lot of heartache. It will spare you a lot of pain. It will spare you a lot of disappointment if you put your confidence in God and God alone. Only then, if you put your confidence in God, and only then if you put your trust in God and you allow God to lead your part, only then your self-confidence will emanate from that. It means then only that God will give you then wisdom, He will give you insight. He will give you grace, He will give you instruction what to do and what not to do. He will give you plans uh, to prosper you. God God has already ordered you steps and He will lead you in the path of righteousness. Sometimes we don't understand the ways of the Lord, we don't understand the judgment of the Lord. But it's better to trust God before you trust yourself. It's better to have confidence in God and to have self-confidence in yourself. I'm not saying it's wrong to not have uh, have self-confidence. You should have self-confidence when you go to an interview. People say, just have self-confidence in yourself. You can do it. I trust you have the ability to do it. But I would say if you have confidence in God first, and then self-confidence emanates from the confidence of God, it would make things so much better then you don't have to plan for it you don't have to write things down you don't have to be so nervous you don't have to worry about it because you know the one who has created you uh, is in charge and he will give you the necessary tools he will even give you the words to speak in the time of an interview he will even give you the words to speak if you have to go in front of a platform he will give you the words and the grace when you go apply for that university for that scholarship Um, God will give you all those grace to overcome, He will give you all those grace to win, because you have put your confidence in Him. So every time I choose confidence, to put my confidence in in, in God as a woman of God, you are winning every time. The enemy will come with his attacks, he will come with his negativity, and people will say, you are a failure, or you are not good enough, you could have done better than that. But then you just constantly have to remind yourself that you are good enough, you are a problem solver, you are a solution because God created women to, to bring solutions forth. and a lot of women is sitting at home um, with solutions and answers in their spirit, um, wrapped up, they haven't opened up that gift yet because they, they don't know that God created them with something big, with, with a solution, that's why women can multitask you can be a wife you can be you can be a mother you can be a daughter you can be a friend to your girlfriends because there's so many abilities inside of us women that god gave us Um, so unless you come back to the place of worship unless you come back to the place where you realize that i've put my confidence in the wrong people or i've put my confidence in in something some people put their confidence in makeup some people put their confidence in money some people put their confidence in friends Um, some people put their confidence in social media but if you come back to the place of worship and put your confidence back in god then you will realize that life is not really that difficult because god will give you solutions if there's for example if there's not a lot of groceries in the house god gave women that um wisdom he gave the woman that skills to make uh, a pot of food for a lot of people even though it's it's a little ingredients so that's why i'm saying women needs to be reminded that they are problem solvers they are trendsetters and and they must come back to the place where they can put a confidence in god so that god can really lead us god can restore us god can receive us so that we can can raise a generation of confident women, women that know that if I put my confidence in God, my self-confidence will emanate from it, uh, my beauty will emanate from it because God will crown you with glory, He will crown you with grace and there will be a different um, fragrance about you when you walk in the street, when you walk in the office, when you walk in the mall, when you go out with your friends, there will be something different about you because your secret will be your confidence is in God and not in flesh if you put your confidence in God your trust in God and not in flesh you will be able to speak with confidence wherever you go we will be able to speak with wisdom wherever you go people will come and knock at your door to ask for advice because you have wisdom you have that grace Um, You just have that something different from the other women in the street but you will know that your secret will be that your confidence is in God and your confidence is not in a human being, your confidence is not in things or something, money or status or friends but your confidence is in God. So today I just want to encourage women all over the world to just sit and reflect take a look in your life and see what is happening. Maybe it's because I've put in too much confidence and trust in my boyfriend. Maybe it's because I've put in too much trust and confidence in my husband. But actually God wants me to put my confidence, my trust in him first, so that he can help me to be a better wife, so that he can help me to be a better mother, so that he can help me to be a better woman. Only then God can give me the solutions to make my marriage better, to help my husband better, to do my job better. But if I try to do these things on my own, um, I fail. You can have all the self-confidence in the world, but if you don't have confidence, confidence which is really faith in God, then your things will not be successful. So I just want to encourage people, women all over the world, young ladies, don't kill yourself, don't feel um, full of depression in this time because there is hope. Just focus your sift, um, sift your focus, um, renew your mind and find a better source. The better source is Jesus Christ. He loves you. He created you. He knitted you in the womb of your mother. Um, so He knows the plans that He has for you. He knows what you can bear. He knows what you can carry. He knows the gifts that is locked inside of you. But some of us don't know the gifts we have some of us doesn't know the jewels that is inside of us because we don't have the confidence to do it we don't even have the self-confidence to do it because we've been looking in all the wrong places but actually god says today or paul says in philippians 3:3 that We should not put our confidence in flesh, but we should come back and put our confidence in God. We should put our faith in God, we should put our trust in God, we should surrender our lives to God and see what God can do. I'm not saying that if you put your confidence in God and your trust in God that everything will go according to your way, everything will come as you wished or or as you planned. Um, Sometimes things will go not the way you expect it to go because God has a better way. The Bible also declares that God's ways is not our ways, His thoughts is not our thoughts. So if we surrender or if we put our confidence in God, we should be able to trust God no matter what. Even though if someone is sick in your family, someone has died in your family, you have lost everything that you've worked for, you should still put your confidence in God and trust God and know God, you have a better way. You know what you are doing even though I'm not understanding right now, at the end, all things will work for my good, according to Romans 8:28, which says, "Everything will work out for your good, according to the riches and power of God, which has called you for His purpose and His glory." So, I just want to speak life today in some in some woman's life. Um, if you are in the dry area, I speak life. I speak that the water and the oil of God may flow. I speak that God will give you grace to overcome. I pray that God will give you strength um, to persevere. I pray that God will give you the ability to come back to the place of worship, to come back to the place where you where you used to love God, where you used to seek His face, where you used to pray, where you used to spend time with Him. I pray today also that God will will raise up young women, God will raise up women in this time, in this generation. Women with great confidence. Women that know that the help comes from the Lord. Women that knows that they can do nothing without the Lord. Women that will move in the Spirit of God. Women that will move with confidence, but knowing that if it is not God, it will never happen. If it is not for the grace of God, it will never happen. So today I pray that God will bless all of the women over the world um, and God will infuse young women and and women all over the world, infuse them with new new hope um, and that God will give you confidence and that your confidence will change your perspective And if you always felt like you are a problem, and if you always felt like you are a failure, may God give you grace to change your perspective today, and may you find confidence in God, and may you find confidence in His Word, may you find confidence um, and trust in yourself. But like I said, everything comes back to this one point that your confidence should be put in God. It should not be put in flesh, not in yourself, not in anybody, but only God. And then from there, everything will work for your good. So um, I hope everybody is blessed and everybody is encouraged by this message today. And we also want to um, encourage you guys to look on our Facebook page for the other speakers, which will be which will be coming from other countries all over the world. Um, I believe God also gave them powerful messages or powerful topics to speak to us women in this time Um, and I hope after this message or this um, discussion that you will feel so confident because you have placed your confidence in God so today I just want to say resift your focus come back to the place of God where you put your confidence in the right person which is God not in people not in things don't put your confidence even in yourself because we can't trust ourselves even, but the best person to put your confidence is, is God. And confidence is actually having faith in God and has trust in God, knowing that he has the ability to do something, knowing that he has the qualities to do more than you can expect and knowing that he has the best judgment for us. May the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you and may his grace shine bright upon you. Be blessed in Jesus' name, amen.
1: Program Women's Conference Organized by Bishop Spons from Stellenbosch, South Africa. I am in Nigeria here saying hello to you all. And I am Reverend Mrs. Esther Ebolu, wife to Bishop Ken Ebolu, Dominion Christian Center, Asaba, Delta State, Nigeria, West Africa, Africa. Today, I want to talk to us on Grace That Brings Salvation. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, as I give this message, I ask that your people's hearts will be open to receive. Father God, I am just but a vessel in your hands. Holy Spirit, speak to your people. Speak to the world that hears me all over and let them be blessed by this message. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, because your people shall be blessed by this message. Your people shall be enlightened in the name of Jesus. The theme of our conference is Grace and Glory. And I want to major on the grace that brings salvation. Now, when we talk about the grace that brings salvation, some people stop salvation only by being, talking about being born again. I want us to understand that salvation has a package that goes with it. It's not just being born again and that's that. Oh, I have accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior and I I am now a born again Christian. It doesn't stop at that. Our daily Christian life and our church life are supposed to be married together as one. The grace that brings salvation Also with that salvation brings a whole package with it and I'm going to be mentioning the different packages The different things inside the package that the Lord Jesus Christ has wrought for us by dying on the cross of Calvary You have several of it. I will start with the one we talk about generally salvation The way you live your life should be new. Let's talk about the package of direction Let's look at Proverbs chapter 3, 5 and 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not unto thy own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths." In all your ways. He didn't say only when you are coming to church that you should uh, allow him to direct your path. He didn't say only when you are, you are praying he should uh, direct your path. He said, In all your ways no matter your profession in life you should allow god to direct you and when he directs you you see you can be very sure of taking the right steps in life because he is omnipotent, he is omnipotent, he is He knows all things. So when you follow his direction, you are sure not to go wrong. This is one of the packages that the Christian has, different from someone who doesn't have the Holy Spirit, who doesn't have Jesus Christ inside of him. So when you are walking, you ought to walk differently. You ought to move differently. You have that grace, that package. Of salvation that makes you different from the person out there that does not know the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our helper, our guide, our director and before Jesus Christ left the surface of the earth, he said he will send us that comforter to help us. So in your salvation package, one of the things you have is what? Direction. Another thing I will talk about in the salvation package is health. A lot of us don't understand that we should not be sickly the same way the unbeliever who does not know Christ is sickly. But I tell you why the Christian falls sick. is because you do not yet understand who you are. The fact that you are carrying Jesus Christ inside of you. Even if maybe because of exhaustion or because of tiredness you fall sick. You should quickly allow yourself get back to health. How? Look at Romans chapter 8 verse 11. Romans chapter 8 verse 11. You see, knowledge is power. But when you know the word of God in your everyday life, you will live differently. Look at what Romans 8:11 says. He says, but if the spirit, Romans 8:11, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. This is one of our salvation packages. First Peter 2.24 It says, Who his own self bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed, if you understand what the Lord Jesus Christ did for you on the cross of Calvary. It is even said by scientists that the entire strips flogging that Jesus Christ took at Calvary, they each represent one type of disease. So every disease upon the face of the earth has already been taken over by Jesus Christ. You say to me, even COVID-19, coronavirus, Yes! Even coronavirus can be cleansed by the blood of Jesus. It doesn't mean we will be stupid and just dive into where people have coronavirus and go and carry it and rub on your face. No, but you live with the consciousness that you are covered by the blood. You live with the consciousness that even if I get it, I will be healed of it. I will be healed from it. Another package is protection. We are protected by God. No weapon from the fashion against us shall prosper. Isaiah 54, 17 says so. It depends on what you can believe. You see, some people will think, oh, I'm being so fanatical in what I'm saying. No, it's what I can believe. I tell people, I say, look, if you tell me now to believe God, to fly. No, I cannot believe for that. I'm not a bird. I cannot. God's protection is a promise. Whenever you are faced with danger, remember God is there and rebuke that danger. No one can hurt you because your life is hidden with God in Christ Jesus. Have faith in God. I have heard of people who were held with with a man that had a knife in his hands, but because they believed in God, God spared them from that attack. I have had to cross through a dark path all alone. I crossed that path in safety, but immediately I pass somebody else. Somebody else screams behind me. What happened? The person didn't have the faith I had in passing the place. I passed safely, but the other person was attacked. Why? I go with the, with the knowledge of angels watching over me. Angels being by my side. And so when I'm passing, probably the people who attacked the other person, when I was passing, they saw the angels around me and could not touch me. It's my fate. What is your fate? Build your fate on the word of God. Psalm 91 verse 1 and 2 also says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Almighty shall abide under the shadow. I will say of the Lord He is my refuge and my fortress My God in him will I trust You see I I, I say this verse Off head and I just tell myself Every day I am dwelling Under the shadow of the almighty I am dwelling protected by God Imagine how the chicken Covers its cheeks You know with its feathers And does not allow the hawk to see them That is how much more God covers you So just like the chick The chicken protects its cheeks much more God's feathers are even broader than that of the chicken and so he protects you and nothing can take you out of under his wings when you have that consciousness when you have that faith in God I tell you his word is yea and amen it does not change it does not change I tell you I can tell you give you different testimonies of God's protection It works. The word of God works. When you believe, it works for you. Before we shift from that Psalm 91, let's talk about God's long life. 16, verse 16, verse 16 of Psalm 91. He says, with long life will I satisfy thee and show him my salvation. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. What does that mean? If you believe that you are going to live till 80 years Now, God is prepared to give you that 80 years The question is, do you have the faith to receive it? We need to believe the word of God Now, another thing we should talk about is prosperity 10 John 2, 10 John The 10 John chapter 2 It has only one chapter So, verse 2 it says, Beloved, I wish above all things, that thou mayest prosper, and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. The Bible also makes us to know that Jesus Christ became poor, that you and I may be rich. Now all these things are not what it is not by power, it is not by might, but by, but by the Spirit of the living God. That's where grace comes in. That's where grace comes in. Grace helps us to achieve all these things that I am talking about. Grace helps us to achieve it. Now, I ask you a question. The grace that brings salvation, do you now understand? It is not just salvation. Can you now see the other things that it brings? Grace. What is grace? Grace is simply unmerited favor. Grace means unmerited favor. Now, we see in the Bible that God tells us that my grace is sufficient for you. Second Corinthians chapter, um, I'll, I'll open it for you. God says, my grace is what? Sufficient. Sufficient unto you. Hallelujah. My grace is sufficient unto you. It's by the grace of God that you believe his word. It's by the grace of God that you have eternal life. It's by the grace of God that you have prosperity. It's by the grace of God that you receive long life. It's by the grace of God that you... So let's see 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 8. It says, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work so you see how i'm wrapping it all up eternal life health prosperity strength wisdom all grace abounds towards you all grace all these things are received by that grace that brings salvation That grace that brings salvation Does not bring salvation in itself The grace brings all things Read that 2nd Corinthians Chapter 9 verse 8 with me again And God is able To make all grace Abound towards you Towards me That ye always Having all Having all Sufficiency In all things In all things May abound To every good work Every good work means Preaching the gospel Every good work means the work you do day by day Every good work means Helping people Every good work means doing things That will put a smile on people's face Every good work The grace of God abounds towards you People of God I want you to trust God Believe God's word All grace Everything you need I want you to please learn to trust God. You woman out there, <laughs> the struggles of life, the, the things you have to go through at all, the things you have to go through in your workplace, you finish from work, you still have to come back, make sure there's food on the table for your husband, for your children, you still have to care for your children and all, the grace of God is sufficient. The grace of God is sufficient. The strength of Jehovah is your portion. The grace that brings salvation brings strength to you. Do not ever complain as a woman, oh, I have too much work to do. I have this, I have that, I have that. Grace of God is sufficient unto you. Be strong. Be strong. The grace of God is sufficient unto you. Whenever you feel weak, tap into the Holy Spirit's strength. Whenever you are feeling down, train tongues and energize yourself and let the Spirit of God quicken your mortal body. Do not complain. Instead pray Let your knees always be on ground To pray and receive grace And as you receive grace Constantly God will always make everything Sufficient unto you You are blessed And I hope that you will go through this sermon Again and again And the power of God will hit you So strongly that you will never Remain the same again The grace of God Is in abundance for you And with the grace, glory will shine into your life in Jesus' mighty name. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah.
2: Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. My name is Lois Makami. I'm here to share a small way with you for the Women Conference at GA Church. I just want to introduce myself. I am a mother of four lovely children, two boys and two girls. I live and work in South Australia. I live with my family and my husband Alex who is behind the camera, um, God is good. I want to take this opportunity to thank Bishop Spawns and Mrs. Spawns for arranging this wonderful conference for women to come together and share the word of God and uplift one another and fix each other's crowns as women in the conference uh, themed grace and glory. May the lord bless you for the wonderful work that you are doing in south africa cape town i hope one of these days we'll be able to visit you and um, share the word of god together uh, today i just want to encourage a woman i just want to encourage a woman the bible talks of god creating male and female in the book of Genesis, it says male and female he created them so specifically today i'm talking to women i'm talking to girls i'm talking to that girl child that needs encouragement today it may not be a message that you may use now but just put it in your bottom drawer maybe tomorrow you may use it as you journey in this um, life in this journey of faith so today i've given a title to my message that um women building a generation of faith Women building a generation of faith. That's what I want to talk about today. So we are in this generation and never before, like never before, the face the world has faced a lot of uncertainties. Like never before, the world has faced a lot of uncertainties. Who knew that one day we we'll would wake up and there will be this virus and what is happening around the world. Nobody knew about that, because if people knew, people would have planned. So we are not in control. There is someone, there is a supreme being. God is in control of everything that happens in the world. So it is a time for us to build faith in this generation as we walk in this generation. I am reminded, I always like reading back in the history of Israel when they were leaving Egypt, that was a generation leaving Egypt when God spoke to Moses to say, take my people out of this nation, I want you to go to a land of promise. There was a generation and that generation passed and another generation came. So we live a life of generations. So in our generation right now, as women, let's build one another, let's build a generation of faith. And if you read from the word of God, we see that that generation which left Israel, not all of them were able to enter into the promised land of um, Canaan. Why? Because so many things happened. And the Bible said for 40 years, God was angry with them because they tested God. They tested God. They did not believe God. They doubted him. They murmured against him. And for that reason, God God was angry with them. Only a few, if you read from the word of God, entered into the promised land. So we are also a generation. Right now we are a generation. We are are having our time. We are having our walk. We are walking in our wilderness. We are going somewhere. What are we doing? How are we walking this walk? So today I want to encourage us, every woman, let's build a generation of faith. Let's believe God. Let's believe God for what we are doing, for where we are right now, and for where we are going. Amen. Praise the Lord. I've got a few scriptures that I want to share with us today as we read from the Word of God. The first one is from um, Titus chapter 2, verses 11 to 14, and I will read. It says, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live life self-controlled and upright and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great Savior, of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify himself a people that are his own, eager to do what is good. Amen. This grace has already appeared. This grace has already appeared. And what does this grace do? It offers salvation to all people. It offers salvation to all people. And when it talks of people, it's not only limiting to race or gender. It's the women are included. It offers grace, it offers salvation to all women, to all girls, regardless of what circumstances you may be in. This grace is there for us. The world has a way of looking at women. The world has a way of looking at the girl child. Sometimes in many countries today women are looked down upon without respect or without honor. But when God looks at you, He looks at you and sees you as a beautiful girl, as a beautiful woman, worthy of respect, a woman who is strong, a woman who who has got honor. He does not look at you and despise you. So today, when you hear this word God loves you you are honorable before God you are honorable before him he loves you and he has got a purpose for you so be encouraged today be encouraged today so today we continue talking about women building a generation of faith how can we do that how can we build this faith living in a world where there is a lot of calamities where there's a lot of um, the world may look at women negatively or the girl child negatively. How can we build this faith? So, the Bible talks of faith coming by hearing and hearing the word of God. We see this in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. And I'll read. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of God. I'm reading from NIV. So, what we hear will bring faith in us. What we hear, what we put ourselves to hear, what we subject ourselves to hear will cause the faith in us to rise up, will cause the faith in us to build. So it is important to note what we are hearing. There are a lot of negative things that can be said or that are said about women but we know from the word of god that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of god so i encourage us that if as we journey as we walk in this generation let's build our faith let's, let's rise up in faith let's build one another in faith let's encourage one another in faith amen praise the lord sometimes what we hear negatively affects us. What we hear negatively affects us. But when we hear the word of God, we know that our faith will build up. In the book of Isaiah 2, 54 verse eighteen, the Bible says and your um I will read Isaiah 54 verse 18 and your children will be taught by the Lord and great will be their peace. Amen even in these difficult times, believe in God, trust in God, that God will teach our children, that God will teach our sons and daughters, God will give them peace, that they will be able to make the right choices in a very difficult and complicated world. So it's a generation of building faith. Let's build this faith, not only in us, but also even in our children. Let's, let's rise up in faith as women. Let's build this faith. Amen. So the first thing is what we hear. What are we hearing? Let's hear the word of God. Let's hear that word that brings uh, a change, that word that brings a transformation to our lives. So it's very important to what we subject ourselves to hearing. If we continue hearing the negative things, those things will become a reality in you. Those things will manifest into uh, physical things because you, you, you. You believe those things, but when you stand on the Word of God and believe on His promises, you will fulfill them, for He stands upon His Word, perform it in our lives. I just want to encourage one woman out there that hear the Word of God, hear the Word of God, position yourself to hear the Word of God, seek Him, read in His Word, study His Word, and hear what He has to say for you, even in this season. Amen. It's a season to shine. It's a season for grace. It's a season for glory. Praise the Lord. Every woman, wherever you are, for the business woman, I know times are difficult, but there's a grace, there's a measure of grace that has been poured for us. There's a measure that has been given for us, for every woman. Amen. Like we have read from the book of Titus, that for the grace has appeared. And it has appeared to all people. It offer salvation to all people. Let's believe this word. Let's turn on this word. Amen. The second thing that I want to talk about is uh, we've talked about here. I want us to talk about believing. Let's believe God. Let's believe God. Let, let's believe a generation of people that believe God. That a generation of people that say, God says it. And I believe it. That's it. That's all I need to believe God. I just need to hear from God. And when I hear from God, I believe it. And that that settles it. Nothing else that I may need but just to hear from God and believing in God. Amen. There are a lot of things that are happening at the moment. There are a lot of things that people have tended to believe. The devil has got his own ideas. The devil has got his own voice today. But hear the word of God. Hear from God and believe God, amen. Believe God and you and your children, you and this generation will overcome, amen. Praise the Lord. The third thing I want to talk about today as we build our generation of faith is that action is a, faith is is a doing word. It requires us to, 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 to do something. It requires us to do some action. For the book of the word of God in the book of James say, in the same way, faith itself, it is not if not accomplished by action is dead. In other words, faith without works is dead. What are we doing to build up this faith? What are we what are we doing to build this generation of faith? It is a doing word. Step out, step out and do something about what you believe. Do something about what you believe. Do something about the word that you have heard. Do something about the way that you have known. I'm sure this is not the first time that you have heard these common scriptures. They have they've been said you have heard about them or you've read about them. But action, faith is a doing word. It's an action word. It's an action word. It requires you to step out. It requires you to, 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 to do something. It requires you to move. It requires some action from our part. Without doing anything, just having faith without doing anything, it's not gonna help. For faith without works is dead. Anything that is dead is, is not does not help. You just need to prepare it. So faith without works is dead, it's not helpful, it doesn't help anything. So faith is an action word. As we build a generation of faith, we have to rise up. We are required to do some action. We are required to move. There has got to be some activity to support the faith that we have. Without works it's dead. It doesn't help anyone. So how are we going to build this generation of faith? There are a lot of things that we need to do to build up this generation of faith. We have to teach our children, if it's walking with them, Showing them the way to go. In the book of uh, Genesis, we see Abraham with his son going up to offer sacrifices to God. He showed his son how to do things, he showed his son how to worship, he showed his son the walk of faith. We see later uh, um, Abraham's son, when faced with a difficult situation, he knew what to do. He believed God in drought, he sowed and he reaped. He showed him the way to walk, the walk of faith. So in the same way, as we walk in this generation of faith, let's walk, let's hold our daughters, let's hold our sons' hands, let's walk with them in this faith. Let's show them how we do it. Let's show them to believe God. Let's show them how to live godly life. Let's pray for them. Let's believe God, that God will teach our children, as we have read from the book of Isaiah 53, that our children, will be taught of the Lord and God will give them great peace. Right now, children, our sons, our daughters, they face a lot of difficult situations, sometimes making wrong decisions. Why? Because they don't know what to do. It's a world of competition. It's a world that that presents itself with different things. It's different from how it was when we were growing up. So as we build this generation of faith, we are required to do something as mothers even as young girls as you are growing old like i mentioned earlier as you if if this is not relevant to you now put it in the freezer you will use it sometime later in the years to come build a generation of faith It's a walk of faith it's a walk of faith we need this faith we need this faith and we need to be able to do this action for faith without words is dead let's show our young generation how to do it what to do and when to do it amen praise the lord praise the lord so as we continue uh building this generation of faith we need to do something let's rise up like that woman we read in the book of mark who had an issue of blood she said to herself as she was there at at, at the house i'm going i want to meet jesus and she said to herself if only if only can touch the hem of your his garment, I will be healed. She believed that if she was just going to touch that hem, she was going to be made whole She did not remain in her house, but she stepped out of her house. She walked, she went to where Jesus was found. She went and she went into those crowds, multitudes were following Jesus. She pushed on, she pressed on until she touched that hem of garment. So faith is an action word. Without works is dead. So we have to rise up in faith. Let's build this generation of faith. Let's build this generation of faith. Let's stop from believing in fantasies that things will just come our way. Pray, believe God for things and you find them in your driveway. No, faith without works is dead. Let's build a generation of faith. Let's build a generation of faith based on the word of God. Amen. I believe in miracles, but some of the things sometimes we hear are are just fantasies. Faith without works is dead. If you need some things in your life, rise up, go and work, go and get a job. Amen. Do something with your hands. Do something with those hands, not just to be lying in bed and expect things to come falling on your door or on your driveway. When you are just lying down, no, there is no such things. Faith without works is dead. That woman had to rise up. That woman had to endure the pushing, the shoving, to reach out to that hem and touch the hem of Jesus Christ. And she believed God that she was going to get healed, and she was healed. And the Bible says immediately Jesus Christ knew that someone had touched him. Amen. It's a generation of faith. Let's build that generation of faith. Let's build that generation of faith in you know, our young girls. Believe God for your marriage. Every marriage, every relationship goes through storms. Today we are facing a world where people want to. Going to marriage relationships and find everything, speak and span. You have to work your marriage. You have to work it. You have to build your marriage. Build it as it stands. As you believe in God, as you stand in faith, standing faithfully in that relationship. You have to work it out. Some people are just some women just want to go into relationship because oh the guy has got a house, has got a good job, has got this, has got that doesn't matter even if he doesn't have anything. God will bless you in that relationship. God will bless you in that marriage relationship. But don't go into your relationship because you are looking for things. Have faith. Have faith. Believe God for the things that you need. Believe God that things will be well even if you have problems. Believe God that God will help you to stand in faith and work out that marriage. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's, it's not something that will just come in a silver plate, but it's something that you have to believe God for. And it's something that you have to build yourself. There are some things when, when you are building, building, the, the process of building itself, there are stages, there are foundations that have to be uh, followed, and there are inspections that have to be done. I know in any country there are regulations to building. You cannot just build without following what is required to put up that structure. You have to follow the regulations of the state of the country that you live in. You cannot just build. It's the same thing as we build our faith. We build this faith on the Word of God. We build this faith from the Word of God. So what we hear is important. I'll go through the three points that I've talked again. I've said faith. As we build this generation of faith, we build it because of what we hear. What are we hearing? What are we subjecting ourselves to hearing? And that's number one. Number two, we also build our faith as we believe God, as we trust God, as we believe Him. We build our faith. And the third point, I said, we build our faith as we do what God requires us to do. Amen. We build this generation of faith by doing a practical thing faith is a practical thing let's do it believe it hear it believe it do it amen may the lord bless you today um i've got my daughter here with me today who's gonna share a few things to um a a younger generation than i am she's gonna speak also on this subject of faith in building generations may the lord bless you i believe this word has encouraged someone somewhere um i encourage you wherever you are seek to hear the word of god seek god build on your faith build your lives build your relationships in your marriage relationships your families build those relationships build them on trust believe uh, god believe in your uh, uh, marriage relationship that it will work out that god will help you amen may the lord bless you i will invite faith um, to come and share a few things, Faith. Just come and share a few things today as we continue. May the Lord bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. My name is Faith Makami. I am
3: daughter to Pastor and Pastor Makami. Um, I was blessed enough to have the best of both worlds um, with both parents as pastors. Um, it's an honor and a privilege to have this opportunity to share. Um, What I'm going to be sharing with women all over the world, which is just a little bit of a spin-off or an addition, if you will, to what my mother has already shared about um, building a generation of women of faith. And what I'll be focusing on for a little bit would be um, living in the purpose and the will of God. And just a tiny little bit about um, building your relationship and becoming more intimate with the Holy Spirit in you. So, um, you know, as a young woman who's like me, you know, growing day by day and trying to establish myself because I'm currently 21 years old, um, doing everything pretty much that, you know, somebody my age would be doing 21 years old, studying in school, you know, transitioning between, you know, being a dependent and being an independent. And it's a very hectic um, space of time, you know, before you establish yourself and before you know become independent, before you're in your thirties, that say, you know, before you're at that age where you're full blown adult. It's a bit of a confusing, confusing time. Sorry, it's a bit of a confusing time, and it's a time where you know there's a lot that happens, you know, when you're at that age. But um, what I'm here to um, to share is that it is important to be taught from or to learn the word of God and also be governed by the Holy Spirit. So it's one thing to be taught, it's one thing to be taught if you teach a child something there's a possibility that they will forget it but what happens with governance is that governance enforces, governance enforces something and continually what happens is that once governed, once you're being governed by the Holy Spirit, there's some things that you remember. There's some things that you won't forget because you are governed by the Holy Spirit. Taught of the Word and governed by the Holy Spirit. That will be my two main points. So once we're taught of the Word of God, we are to be go- governed by the Holy Spirit, which we which is in us, which was given to us by God. And the form of the Son Jesus Christ when he ascended into the heavens. So as we endeavour to beat ourselves up and become our own become, you know, a somebody, you know, which is the goal for every I, I don't know. It's my goal as a twenty one year old like I'm um, working towards becoming somebody who's my own person, you know, standing on my own, have a family of my own, you know, have a life of my own, a career of my own, be my own person, you know. Um as somebody who's working towards being that. I think what I thought was probably the most important thing was as we establish and identify our own identities, it's important to remember the, the most central part of our identities now, which is our God-given purpose. Now, I believe that when everybody was created, when God created each and every one of us, He had a purpose for our lives. and even in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 I like the English Standard Version which says that before I formed you in the womb I knew you and before you were born I consecrated you so before we were even formed in our mother's womb God knew about us God knew what his plan for our lives was, God knew what he wanted for us and you know we were chosen and we were consecrated when we were born before we were born sorry Mm. and also to show our importance and our part is you know a people who are children of god people who are born of god um i read from 1 peter chapter 2 verse 9 from the niv which says but you are a chosen people a royal priesthood a holy nation god's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light so the first part of this verse is you are a chosen people I'm chosen you know it's it, it's an affirmation so to speak it's something that you can tell yourself in the morning there I'm, I'm a chosen person I'm God's special possession and my purpose was to declare the praises of him who called me out of the darkness into the wonderful light Once you were saved, once you received Jesus Christ as your personal saviour, you became saved and you got called out of the darkness. Whatever it is that compelled you to receive Christ was the calling. You were called out of the darkness into his wonderful light that you may declare the praises of God. And, you know, speaking from experience and speaking for myself in, um, In regards to distraction, it's very easy to get distracted. It's very easy, you know, working. Here I work with working, school, you know, other responsibilities, trying to make plans, writing down goals, doing all that. It's very easy to get caught up in that and get carried away that that you forget the reason why you live in the first place, that you forget that the, the whole reason after everything is taken away even right now with the virus and everything going on, like, there's not much going on. Like, you know, the rich, the poor, whatever, you to, you still can't travel. There's a lot that you can't do. It's a virus that has equalized all of us and it has created, I'm hoping, a time for, you know, humanity to reflect on what's really important in life. And, you know, it, I I feel that you know, in the essence of trying to focus on the good of everything there's a reason why God allowed a virus to come in, because humanity was, was getting distracted, I believe that humanity was getting distracted and you know, you get caught up in your own things, in your own endeavours in your own plans, you know, carrying out your own wills, not consulting God and all that that, you know, God felt it was time for us to, you know Go back into the into the back room. Go back to square one. Go back to start thinking about who's the most important thing in our lives. What's the most important thing in our lives? You know, now right now where everything else has not been happening, nothing has been happening. Some people have lost lost their jobs. Some people have had to go back home; they hadn't seen their families for a long time. Some people have had that time to rekindle their relationship with God, because this time has just given us an opportunity to really see what's what's important and what's not important. And I believe that, um, you know, we we had gotten to a point where we'd forgotten that we are a chosen people, and there is a reason why we were called out of the darkness and there is a reason why we live. And the word of God states that that reason is so that we may declare the praises of him who called us into the light, out of the darkness. And, you know, also that applies to, you know, sharing the word of God being a light in the darkness you know since we were called out of the light into the dark out of the darkness into the light sorry, the word of God also says that we are the soul of the earth and the light of the world you know this has been enough times this has been enough time to allow us to go back to that you know so I feel that as you know young adults and as women as well in a world where there are so many other voices, I know Pastor Makami also mentioned something about voices. Like what voices are you listening to? There's so many voices. Oh, I can't I cannot begin to um, even you know get into it. There's so many voices out there, you know, opinions and things that have been normalized by the world, which do not agree with what the word of god says you know and if you're not abiding by the word of god if you're if you're not being governed by the spirit of god through being taught by the word of god it's very easy to get swayed into whatever it is that's happening so many things have been normalized and you know i remember um a preacher who once said that you know human beings, we've gotten to a point in time where we believe and behave like the Word of God is a democracy. Like you can fold it or you can, you know, debate it or you can agree to disagree. But the Word of God is not a democracy. You cannot go into the Word of God and be like the, the Word of God says, do not do this. And then you can try to compromise or you can try to argue that There's no such thing Whatever the word of God says Whatever the Holy Spirit That's within you says Is what should happen So if you're not going according to that You're falling out of the will of God You know In order to live a fulfilled life We should always Live according to the will of the Father Which is what we read from the word of God There's just something wonderful About living within the will of God I believe And I believe that you know, there are actually a very, a tremendous amount of rich people in the world, like people who are successful, who have it all, who have money, riches, wealth, investments, they have money to pass down to their great, 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 grandchildren, but you find those people are living miserably, they're depressed, and some of them, you know, have even gone into the extremes of, you know, harming themselves or ending their lives, so why? Because, whatever it is that they were doing they were living their own plan you know at 21 i'm writing down my plans you know i'm planning everything those people are living their own plans they're living whatever it is that they wanted they're living whatever it is that they you know envisioned into their future now that's something that should make you happy right but then if you're living a life that's according to your will, according to your plans. No matter how successful your plans go, if they have nothing to do with what God's purpose for your life is, you're always gonna feel empty, and that's what happens with those people who are successful. But you find maybe they're successful, but they come from a damaged family. Their families are damaged, or they don't speak to their mothers, or you know, they have money but they're miserable it happens a lot and that's what that's because you are not leaving. they are not leaving, according to what the will of god is in their life um so you'll become rich and live a fulfilled life without you know sorrow the bible says in the book of proverbs that the blessings of the lord make it rich without adding sorrow Once the blessing of the Lord is in whatever it is we want to do, whatever your goals are, whatever it is that wherever you were trying to get, once the blessing of God is in that, once you're living in the light of God, there won't be no sorrow. It will be full blessing. Um, So in everything you do, it is important to be aligned to God and to allow for his will to prevail in your life. It would be like the man who builds his house on solid ground, whatever winds come, you know, whatever the opinions of the world are at the time. I mean, right now as a young woman at my age, there are a lot of opinions that the world has on what I'm supposed to do, how I'm expected to hold myself, how I'm expected to be. But, you know, the Word of God, as long as it doesn't align with the Word of God, it has nothing to do with me as long as it doesn't align with the word of god it doesn't have anything to do with me those winds of rumors those winds of you know what you're expected to do or what society expects you to be how society expects you to dress how society expects you to talk you know none of that those winds and rains none of that will shake you because you're built on solid ground which is the word of god and you have the holy spirit within you to govern you and to teach you and to counsel you and also you know to stop you from doing wrong you know sometimes as human beings because we are human beings you know we fall short sometimes and we make mistakes but the the holy spirit the word of god you know it teaches us and It disciplines us, it teaches us to not say no to the wrong. So, um
4: Grateful to be serving during this grace and glory conference I say to the host of this conference may God bless you may God increase you may God expand your territory in the mighty name of Jesus God is a good God and tonight without much ado I will take you to the book of Ruth chapter 1 from verse 15 to verse, uh, to verse 20 and I shall read. And she said, look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For whatever, for, for wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. When she saw that she was determined to go with her, she stood speaking to her. Now the two of them went until they came to Bethlehem, and it happened when they had more when they had come to Bethlehem. That's all the city was excited because of them. And the women said, is this Naomi? But listen to Naomi's response. But she said to them, do not call me Naomi, call me Mara. For the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. We thank God for the reading of, of his word. Can we just pray? Father, we thank you for your word tonight. For we know that your word is alive. Your word is sharper than any double-edged sword. It judges thoughts and attitudes of the heart. May this word, Father God, serve, our oh God, a life that is broken. Restore a life that was given up. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. And tonight, I want to give a title to my, to my sermon that, Remember Your Identity. Remember your identity. Because I know there are so many issues that we go through. There are so many challenges we encounter in our lives that can sometimes force us to change our identity. But tonight, I say to you, remember your identity. Verse 20, from where I just read, says, Do not call me Naomi, call me Mara, for the Lord has dealt with me bitterly. She decided to change her identity because of stuff that she had gone through in her life, in the journey of her life. Just like you and me, there is stuff that we have gone through in our lives that has made us to change our identity. We don't want to be called with our names anymore because our names, they are not saying everything about us anymore. We have been interchanged by situations we have encountered in our lives. Naomi lost her husband. Naomi lost her two sons, something that she least expected. Naomi had relocated to a different place called Moab. It was famine that made her to relocate. Little did she know she was going to lose everything that she loved most. That's what happens sometimes in our lives. Life happens, but tonight what am I saying? Remember your identity. Even if you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, fear not for the Lord is with you. Even if you wake up tomorrow morning, they have demoted you at work. Fear not, for the Lord is with you. His grace is sufficient for you. She said, don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara. Mara, which means bitter. The same bitter waters that the children of Israel experienced after they they left the Red Sea with Moses. They tried to drink water because they were thirsty. There are times in your life when you get thirsty. Sometimes people go through a famine for love, famine for attention, famine for peace of mind because a lot is happening, especially during now, during the pandemic. People don't really know where to look to. The hope is gone. There is no peace of mind. There is a lot of uncertainty. But God, His grace will carry you through. Your faith will sustain you during the valley moments. Some it's poor educational background that has caused you to change your name. Some, it's failed marriages because of several marriages that you've tried to go through. So who are you? You are God's handwork created in Christ Jesus to do what? To do great works, which God has prepared in advance for you and me to do. But you look at Naomi tonight, and she is saying, don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara. Mara means bitter. So when we talk about bitter, something being bitter, which means it just unsettles everything in one's life. But there's something before I go any further. The book of Ruth contains a woman called Naomi. And in the life Of Naomi, there is a woman called Ruth. Which means Ruth and there is no way we can have a Naomi and we don't have a Ruth. There's no way we can have a Ruth without a Naomi. Hallelujah. I will tell you a brief history about this woman called Naomi. Naomi was married to a man called Elimelech. Which meant his, his king is God. And they had two children, Malion and Kilion. And the meanings of those names were sickly and destruction. And it is at such a time, there was famine in Bethlehem where they resided. So because of that famine, they decided to relocate to Moab. And in Moab, they used to worship gods, not the same god that Naomi and her family used to worship. But when they were there, Naomi's sons, they got married to Opa and the other one got married to Ruth. That's how we have Ruth coming into the picture. So what am I saying tonight? During Naomi's time from moving from a place of famine, going into Moab, and in Moab, that's where she lost her sons and their husbands. She thought she was moving from famine. Little did she know she was even, her situation was even going to be worse as she went to Moab because she lost the things that were so dearly to her. Does somebody relate with this? That there are times you're trying to sort out a situation, you're creating a bigger one than the original one. So sometimes we say inquire of the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm excited with what God wants to do tonight. And to those who are watching us from different parts of the world, I pray that God touches your life. God speaks to your life. Hallelujah. There's one thing that Naomi did not understand. That when you want to get honey, you only get honey from a beehive. But for you to access the honey, you have to pass through the bees. So anything can happen before you get the honey. Naomi was going through a process. But at that moment she didn't understand. So sometimes we can focus on things that are on the outward more than the thing greater things the Lord has in store for us in the realm of the spirit. So Naomi said don't call me Naomi. Call me bitter, call me Mara. It's because of those situations. I have a Mara who is at the sound of my voice right now. There are Mara moments. Maybe there are moments of barrenness. There are moments of poor educational background. There are moments. Of multiple failed marriages. These are Mara moments that I'm talking about tonight. There are moments. When children are being problematic in your home. You have lost your children to drugs. And to the streets. And probably. You are the only woman. In an environment that is dominated by men. And you find it so hard how to maneuver. But I want you to know you carry power in the mighty name of Jesus. It can be a moment of late marriage. And you sit down, you begin to cry and say, Lord, what is it about me? Naomi went through so much pain. From famine to losing her beloved. Ones. Just like what is happening right now during this pandemic where people are losing their beloved ones. Statistics causing people to fear. People are living in fear. There is a lot of uncertainty going on in your life and in the world. It sounds like a Mara moment. Naomi is saying, don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara. Call me bitter." Her name meant pleasant, greatness. But she decided to demote herself. She decided to take the title deeds of the enemy. She decided to defy what God says about her. What are you going through tonight? What is that situation where you're in labor and you walk out of that labor empty-handed? And you say why did I even have to carry this pregnancy for 9 months? It's a mara moment. Do I have a mara who was locked outside the house by a husband? Before she knew it tomorrow her marital status had changed from being Mrs. so and so to being this single mother. You have to be the father, you have to be the mother in that household. May the grace of God locate you in Jesus' name. Naomi went through that season. She didn't know where to turn to anymore. But she made a decision that she was going to head back to Bethlehem. And Bethlehem meant a house of bread. There was no longer famine in Bethlehem but the time she said to her daughters-in-law I'm heading back but you guys I will not be able to have more sons again that you guys can get married to you go back to your families there was Ruth who declared your people shall be my people your God shall be my God there is something when you connect with the right person Remember, Ruth, they used to worship for, they used to worship gods. But which means she decided to let go of her old ways. She decided to let go of the other gods and worship the true living God. There are people that God connects with you in your life. And your life just changes. I'm looking at Ruth right now. When Mara is saying, stay, you can't go with me. But Ruth is saying, I will not stay behind Malada Shika. What am I saying tonight? Ruth is resembling grace in the life of Mara. There is a time when you feel like your back is against the wall. When you're walking through the troubled waters, you are crying aloud and say, God, what wrong have I done to deserve this? I kept my heart pure. I walked in your ways. Why then I was pushed at the edge of the cliff and I was about to fall? What? I can see Amara tonight who's at the sound of my voice. Who is seeking for answers and she almost feels like God is not there. But listen to me, my sister. God will surely break his silence. It's just but a process that you are going through. God is mighty to serve. I'm here to empower you by the spirit of the living God. That bad situation that you are going through, it's not forever. It's only for a while. The same viper that had to bite Paul, that fastened itself on Paul's arm. You know those people at the island of Malta that thought that Paul was going to fall down dead and they realized that Paul did not die. The very people had said, this man must be a murderer. It's the same people that called him a god after watching for a while. Naomi, don't call yourself Mara. You are only going through a process. You are only going through a process. Hallelujah. I love Jesus. It was just but a process. Listen to me. Naomi connected Ruth to Boaz. and And Ruth was allowed to glean in Boaz's field. But Ruth was picking leftovers. The servants were picking fresh stuff but she was right at the back picking leftovers. And every time, whatever she got, she brought home to share with Naomi. What a blessing to have such a sister-in-law. In the process, in the eventuality of the events, Ruth married the kinsman, Redeemer. Ruth and Boaz gave birth to Obed. Obed gave birth to Jesse. Jesse gave birth to King David, a man who was after God's heart. You see the connections. Sometimes you need to be calculative when it comes to people that you're networking with. You might see somebody going through a valley moment and you say, I don't want to associate with them because they've nothing to show. All they do is complain. All they do is they just cry. They are a problem. They are a pain. But you don't know. How they are going to impact your life. Listen, my sister. Listen, mama. I need you. You need me. I might be down today, but that's not my destination. My destination is on top of the mountain. So let nobody disqualify you in your valley moments. Do not disqualify yourself when you are going through stuff. Remember your values. You are a royal priesthood. You are a chosen generation. A peculiar people. This is how God sees you. You are the apple of God's heart. You mentor in the kingdom of God. Look at this. Even if you look at the story of Moses. Moses the deliverer of the nation. He needed women in his life to be the man he grew to be. That's how powerful you are. And God for some reason He has the habit of making use of women To bring forth deliverance to his people In different ways You don't really have to change your name For things to happen That name That says you are the accepted Of the beloved Must keep you going May God strengthen you When you don't know what to pray for When you don't know what to say anymore may the holy spirit may you commune with the holy spirit i'm reminded of my niece she was saying to me do you know that time when i was in hospital in labor i didn't know how to pray anymore my blood pressure was high do you know all those voice messages the voice prayers you were sending on my whatsapp i was just playing them and repeating after you I couldn't do it on my own. So I want you to know in that moment when you can't put things together, you have a Ruth. The grace of God is sufficient for you. And his power is made perfect. When you are weak, then you are strong in him. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. The Lord will do it for you in this season. The Lord will do it for you this season. May God remember you. And I want you to remember your identity. No matter the matter, remember your identity. Your identity is not defined by circumstances. Your identity is not defined by the challenges or the valley moments that you go through. Your identity is in Christ. That the Lord who has made you to be the head and not the tail. The Lord has caused you to be above and not beneath. That's your identity. Hallelujah. I look at God and I say, God, how marvelous are they works, oh God. That God had to, had to, There had to be a Mary for Jesus to be born. There had to be you for your generation to be saved. There had to be you for your family to know Christ. So don't throw in the towel. Even as I say that there had to be a Mary for Jesus to be born, it's not like I'm undermining that God could have done things differently. But because he doesn't violate his word, Birth is through a woman. So the Son of God had to be born of a woman. That's your value. You are powerful. You are a glory carrier. You met her in the mighty name of Jesus. So today I'm here to agree with you in prayer and say, Yes, you have gone through stuff. Yet you have yes, you have been called names, and you have called yourself names. You have given up on yourself. Some of you. You might have been a pastor's wife and that status was just taken from you like that. Listen to me. Stop crying over pity party. God is with you. He said, I'll be with you till the end of time. God is with you. There was a greater restoration that revealed the glory of God. When Ruth married Boaz so remember your identity wherever you find yourself. In the mighty name of Jesus, may God fulfill your dreams. May God fulfill your dreams. May God meet the desires of your heart. In the mighty name of Jesus, I declare and I decree Your life shall sing a new song of praise. Your life shall sing a new song of praise. You will not give up. You will soldier on. You have the oil of God upon your life in the mighty name of Jesus you will break down the chains of limitation in your life in the mighty name of Jesus the tears that you have cried, the tears of pain, today I declare and I decree, tears of joy shall be your portion, in the mighty name of Jesus, God is with you, God will always be with you when the things are going right, when the things are going sideways God is the, is the doorway to your breakthrough, God God is the healing that you need God will reconstruct your life as you are, as you are listening to me tonight God is rearranging your life God is reconstructing your life God is putting you into his map in the name of Jesus do not disqualify yourself in the mighty name of Jesus remember your identity when everything has been said and done faith hope and love remains In the mighty name of Jesus, may God bless you. May God be with you. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. You are not Naomi. You are not Mara. You are Naomi. Greatness is your portion. Seeds of greatness, they reside in you. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen.
5: conference. My name is Sharon I'm going to be sharing the word of God with you today. I pray that the spirit of God is going to minister to you and I also pray that the spirit of God is going to move your lives as you listen to what God is saying. If you've got your Bibles with you Turn with me to the book of Mark 16, verse 9. Mark 16, verse 9. The Bible declares that, Now when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. One thing interesting about the scripture is, Jesus appeared to a woman who had so many issues before she was helped. The Bible says Mary Magdalene was possessed with evil spirits. But the interesting thing is Jesus appeared to a woman who had a past that was that wasn't looking good. Let's also skip over to the book of Um, Luke 8 verse 12 Luke 8 verse 12 Are you there with me? Luke 8 verse 2 Luke 8 verse 2 says And a certain woman which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities called Mary Magdalene out of whom went seven devils. Let me repeat the scripture again. Luke 8 verse 2. And a certain woman, which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out whom went seven devils. Let's go over to the book of John. John 20 from 14 to 18. John 20, from 14 to 18. Thank you, Jesus. We give you all the honor. We give you all the glory. John 20, John 20, from 14 to 18. John 20, from 14 to 18. The Bible says in the book of John 20, from 14 to 18, And when she had thus says, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. Fifteen, Jesus said unto her, Woman, why do you weep? Whom do you seek? She supposing him to be the gardener. She said to him, Say, if you have borne him hence, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Sixteen. Jesus said unto Mary. Jesus said unto her, Mary, tend herself and said unto him, Robina, which says, Master. Seventeen. Jesus said unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet for I am not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. 18, Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord, and that he had spoken these things unto her. My sisters, Jesus, Showed himself to a woman who had a bad history, a woman who was not qualified to see Jesus. The Bible says Mary Magdalene was possessed with seven evil spirits. The Bible doesn't expound to us which are these, which of these spirits had um, possessed Mary Magdalene. Maybe it was. Maybe she was a prostitute. Maybe she was possessed with, um, she was a drug addict. Maybe she was a gossiper. Maybe she was a fornicator. Maybe she was a thief. But her history wasn't well. But one thing that is significant about this is God qualifies the unqualified. God doesn't care what your history is what your history was, but he can qualify you to share the good news of God. When Jesus appeared to Mary Magdalene, she told, he told Mary Magdalene to go and tell people that whom, whom they have been mourning has risen. I don't know whom I'm talking to today, Maybe society have have called you names. Maybe society has written you off because of your past. But I'm here to tell you today that my sister, my mother, my grandmother, God can still use the unqualified. God can still fellowship with you. Jesus had to heal Mary Magdalene for him to fellowship with her. My sister, your past doesn't matter to God. I'm here to tell you that God can still take up your mess. He can still make your life over. He can still use you for the, for his glory. No matter what your past look like. Don't care, you mustn't care what people say, you mustn't listen to what the society has said about you, you mustn't care what your friends have said about your past, but I'm here to tell you today that Jesus can still use you, that God can still use you. I'm reminded of the story in the Bible, the story of the man who was called Paul. This man used to kill Christians, but God qualified him. He didn't care about the past. He didn't care about where he has been, but Jesus used him for his glory. Amen. Jesus used a woman who had a bad history To announce the big announcement. To announce the good news that Jesus has risen. Jesus didn't look for Paul. Jesus didn't look for his disciples. But Jesus looked for a woman who had a bad history. Jesus looked for a woman who was not qualified to share the good news of God. I'm here to talk to somebody. Maybe you're saying to yourself, "I'm a drug addict. I'm a prostitute. Society has written me off." But I'm here to tell you today that Jesus can make your life over. Jesus can make up your life for His glory. Jesus can still use you, my sister. Jesus can still use you, my grandmother. Jesus can still use you to spread the good news. The Bible says, when Mary Magdalene went to tell people that Jesus has risen, they didn't believe him. Do you want to know why they didn't, sorry, they didn't believe her? Do you want to know why they didn't believe her? They didn't believe her because of your past. You know, sometimes people can still take you back to your past. People can still remind you back. People can still remind you of your past. They They didn't believe her because they knew the old Mary Magdalene. The old Mary who was possessed. They didn't believe that Jesus can still fellowship with a broken woman, Jesus can still use a broken vessel for his glory. I'm here to tell you that Jesus can still talk to you. Maybe you've been in things, maybe you've been in prison, maybe your children know you as a bad mother, but I'm here to tell you that it's not over until God says it's over. God is searching for women. God is searching for women who are going to spread the good news of God God is searching for women, he's not searching for the righteous, he's not searching for those who are saying I'm holy. But the Bible says Jesus came for the sinners, Jesus came for you and me, and when he comes to our sinner, he makes sure that he moves her life, he makes sure that he changes her life. He makes sure that he changes your life. He makes sure that he gives you a new name. And you go and announce the big announcement that Jesus is Lord. Women, God is calling us to spread his word. I'm reminded of the story of the prophetess Anna. The story of prophetess Anna it's in the book of Luke 2 36 to 38. My Bible says this woman spent her time in the temple. She spent her time interceding. Prayer was a project. To her, it was either I pray or I die. I'm reminded about the queen in the Bible, in the book of Esther. The queen who told people that we are going to fast for three days, we are going to seek the face of god these days we've got queens who are slain but in the bible they are queens who are provoking heavens with prayer we've got queens who are slaying we've got queens who are been slaying slaying all in and out but my bible talks about a queen who provoked heaven god is looking for queens who are going to shake the heavens god is looking for queens who are going to pray for their children god is looking for queens who are going to pray for their marriages god is looking for queens who are going to pray for widows Queens who are going to show compassion to orphans Women, arise and grab that mantle of prayer That mantle of evangelism That mantle of preaching the gospel of God I don't know whom I'm talking to today But I'm here to tell you that God is going to take up your messed up life And he's going to make it over for his glory